you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And Rivers is back into the gun. Quisenberry is his center. And he is going to throw on this down. Fires high. Intercepted again. Picked off. Return to the 40. Down the sideline. 20-yard line. Here comes Eric Harris. Going in all the way. Touchdown Raiders. First down and goal, Rivers. Good protection picked again. Intercepted by Eric Harris, his third. But a flag is down on the far side of the field, and it's an offside against Oakland, and that's going to take the pick away. Rivers throws, pass, caught, touchdown. Eckler gets the touchdown. Third down and a long one. Jacobs back in the game. The rookie for the touchdown. Rivers airs it out. Allen passes. Picked. Intercepted by Carl Joseph. And there you have it. Carl Joseph with the game-deciding interception of Phil Rivers. One of three picks thrown by Rivers. He had another two that were taken off the board. This is like a Joe Namath in 1974 performance uh, for the great Chargers quarterback who wasn't so great tonight. And it wasn't so great for the Chargers, who fall to the Raiders 26-24 to at the Black Hole. A raucous Black Hole. Here I am in the throw, Throwback Podcast Garage, as legally obligated for me to call it that, with the great Mark Sessler. Mark, this was a fun AFC West showdown. A little sloppy, uh, but an enjoyable game and a great atmosphere, as I said. Well, yeah. I mean, it... it- this is what you think of when, you, when the Raiders are going to be a team that is a factor in the AFC, and they certainly are right now at, that, at this point. And it was Eric Harris with the two early picks that made up for a Raiders team that really didn't have a lot of offense for the first part of this game. The early pick and then the second one to drive later. It was, you know, Rivers had three, two picks in his first five passes, and that second one to Eric Harris for a pick six. This was a strange game. I, you, didn't, you, you, you go in with three hours of pregame action, listing all the offensive players that are going to be a big factor. Very few of them were. Very few of them were. I mean, it just really was quite... I thought the Raiders' secondary 
down the stretch in that second in the fourth quarter played a good job. Good, good game. I thought it was interesting. Everybody knows by now it's one of those stats that that get thrown out wildly and repeatedly um, going into a new week. But a week after the Raiders had four touchdowns in a win, and each of the four touchdowns were by rookies. It happened again, uh, not all scores, but the fact that the rookie class, the baby Raiders, as I'm calling them, had a big um, impact on this game. Max Crosby, a fourth-round pick, he was living in Philip Rivers's face in this night on this night, right down to that last play on the inter- interception. That hurry decided it. And Josh Jacobs, who was quiet for most of the evening, uh, had the big touchdown run to put the Raiders ahead with two minutes to play, uh, less than two minutes to play. So again, you got to give it up. You got to give it up, Sessler, to the Mayock, Mayock Rudin Brain Trust, which just hit a home run in their first year together. And I think one of the big stories of the NFL season continues to be a Raiders team that was largely written off as a joke, even all the way through the hard knock season last year during the four and 12 and no victory lap here, Mark. But I feel like there was a lot of hate on the Raiders last year. I think they went four and 12 and everyone was just having so much fun saying that Gruden couldn't hack it in the modern NFL anymore. But what they should have been realizing was when you tear down an entire organization, you got to kind of throw out that first year because what they need to do is tear it up, tear it down before they can build it up. And they built it up pretty quickly to the point where they're going to be playing relevant football in December. Yeah, I think I think it was the Gruden personality and the persona and the Monday night aspect of Gruden that when he rolled in and rolled back into coaching for the first time in a decade after probably three or four years in a row where there were rumors of Gruden being courted or wanting to come back only if he could get the quarterback of his choice and he rolled into Oakland and it was you know what Gruden and Carr just don't seem like a match Gruden and player X don't seem like a match and Mayock rolling in from television these two TV guys and you know we've looked around the league at a couple teams trying to do things differently and I think that the the Gruden Mayock pairing was probably something that people didn't really want to work. I was certainly critical of it a year ago, and they've absolutely turned it around, and you're getting stories now of Gruden as the coach being someone that has, uh, I, I think, absolutely turned the switch up on this team. And you're right, it's the rookie class, and you get these you get these teams where the rookie class flips and it works, and you get this kind of thing, and it's the Chargers that hours ago we were looking at it saying they they are the AFC team that we now trust they're getting healthy you know Bosa is absolutely a defensive player of the year candidate and this is the Chargers team that you have to be concerned about not that this was a bad performance by them necessarily but here you are you've lost your four and five and you are not necessarily a team that I can trust week to week at all I, yeah I thought it was a, a tough performance by Los Angeles because for the reasons you just said, and we speculated the possibility of them going on a run and who knows at four and six, maybe they still have it in them. But once you get to that six loss range and you're be- before and it's before Thanksgiving, you've really backed yourself into a corner. Uh, Philip rivers and you, you know, we mentioned Joey Bosa. He was completely erased in this game uh, by Trent Brown. Uh, he had his first tackle with, uh, I think it was midway through the third quarter. He just never heard his name. But Philip Rivers, this is one of the worst games I've seen him play. And the fact that it happened in primetime in a big division showdown, uh, that hurts. I just want to go through, Mark, the seven-play drive, that the, the last Chargers drive of the game, because it was messy, wretched. Yeah. Because what happens is the 
Uh, Raiders get the touchdown from Jacobs to go up 26-24. Then Daniel Carlson, because this is what kickers do. They blow it. He pushes the extra point. So instead of 27-24, it's a 26-24, a two-point game, and you could just picture it. You could picture the Chargers kicking the field goal or winning, although it's hard to picture the Chargers doing that because they're usually one that miss They miss the field goal uh, up down two points, but <laughs> that's beside the point. It never got to that because with a chance, all they had to do was get into field goal range. Seven plays. Here it comes. Rivers, incomplete. Shotgun, Rivers, incomplete. Deep pass. Shotgun, Rivers, incomplete. Short pass, Kyle Allen. Then a penalty. Back to first and ten. Rivers, incomplete. Shotgun, Rivers, incomplete. Shotgun, Rivers, incomplete. And then finally, Shotgun, Rivers, intercepted uh, by Carl Joseph, Keenan Allen, the intended receiver. I think that's 0 for 7 with a pick. That is wretched. Yeah, and in the Raiders secondary, like we mentioned, I thought showed up big time at the end. And you saw Rivers trying to fling passes to guys like Andre Patton. They just didn't really have the weapons tonight. Mike Williams, you know, who I think he had a good game last week, two catches. Keenan Allen shows up as always, but they just didn't have. Uh, this is a different offense too. When you have at this point Melvin Gordon with twenty-two carries and a bunch of touches on the night. And Austin Eckler, this is not his offense anymore. And I, I guess I would have to ask if that's the way they want to go down the stretch. Well, okay, I see that. Melvin Gordon looks he looked he great looked last good. week. He, he looked, looked fun, great again he in this game. He looked fine tonight. But it I made me know. think, I don't know if it will be by the Chargers. Probably not. But I think he might end up getting paid uh, anyway. Uh, I don't know if he'll get the contract he was hoping last summer. But if he continues uh, to play the way he's playing, uh, the last two weeks, he's going to be a very good free agent, uh, you know, target for anyone. Uh, but the Chargers, you know, they lose Russell Okung as well. I mean, it's, I don't know, it was just so Chargers. I mean, th- this is their seventh, um, this is how many losses now? Six losses. All the losses have been by a touchdown or less. And just when they start to get healthy, now Okung, he leaves with a groin injury in the first half. Uh, they have, you know, a ton of penalties. This game had 20 penalties, by the way which continues to Ridiculous. be a thing in our league. Our league. And it's a league you know, that you and I know well. We, we've toiled in, I wouldn't say, on the field necessarily. But this is a very AFC West primetime matchup. And I, you know, there was caution, I thought, when we got a little hot on the Chargers coming out of the, the Packers game on both sides. Was, was that really the Packers team from last week? I don't think so. And was that really what we could expect from the Chargers going forward? Definitely not, because when have they really ever done that week after week? They are a hot and cold operation right now. They've got a lot of talent. But a night like tonight, they basically could not add up to the sum of their parts. The Raiders, to me, I don't care what's going on. They're a fun team. Derek Carr, this was not the Derek Carr of the last couple weeks, but... He is certainly playing like a good quarterback, and I believe I trust him down the stretch to guide this team. I think they're going to be right on the edge of the AFC playoff picture going right into late December. It's a successful season no matter what happens, unless the wheels fall off, but I just don't see it happening. They have the Bengals at home next week. Then they go to the Meadowlands to face a a bad Jets team. They have a tough game in Arrowhead, but that could be a measuring stick game. Then you get two more home games against the Titans and Jags. So, they are set up here, and I think... They could be 7-4 and four two weeks from now. It'll be interesting to see, I think, two teams, if I had to guess, um, the Raiders and Bills are going to be fighting 
for that last uh, wild card spot. I would not be surprised at all. Any final thoughts uh, from your notes, Mark, before we move on? Because, of course, we have Kevin Harlan coming up uh, after this discussion. I think we're both just a little uh, edgy and excited about that interview, which, you know, I wouldn't say that we we don't know what's not going to happen because it already happened and we can promise (laughs) it that it's exciting. The, you know, the, the, this is the final Chargers Raiders game in Oakland, and I and I know that I'm much more sensitive than some about teams moving from city to city. I I think the Raiders organization is lucky that they have a national fan base that would follow them if they became the Moscow Raiders. I believe that you'd still have people dressed in silver and black in Eastern Europe, deep Eastern Europe. I, I just believe <laughs> that they're lucky that that's the case because this is kind of crazy that we're not going to have a Raiders team in California for the first time ever at this point. And and that's, to me, I get it. That's the NFL moving forward with its business. But I'm going to kind of miss this field with its dirt and its grime. And it's a bit of a messy stadium. I get that. But the fact that they're leaving Northern California, to me, is problematic. And it's being a bit masked masked over. It's a total dump, that facility. And the Raiders and the the city of Oakland, they could never get on the same page. And the NFL... Uh, for whatever reason, wasn't able to step in the way they had to or needed to or should have or whatever to get it done and keep that team there. So it it is what it is. And we're not even talking about the Chargers side of it. It's two teams with strange (laughs) stories on that front. Um, Like Luke Wilson says, Mark, it is what it is, and it's not what it's not. Uh, But at least they have the team now, and we've talked about it on the show. It's such a credit to Raiders fans who are filling that building for every home game. And this could be... Uh, the last primetime game ever um, at that stadium, unless something gets flexed. There's always the chance of a flex, and the fact that they are in the playoff race makes you think it could be. And that is a thought, by the way, to the people at NBC. You put a a Sunday night football game with a lot on the line, I mean, that would be a great uh, environment for Al, Chris, and Michelle. Totally agree. I mean, the the crowd was a massive factor tonight. I thought just it's you can't say that about every NFL stadium. It is certainly true of the Black Hole this evening. Uh, neither Joe Buck, Buck nor Troy Aikman have been to West Point. That was a uh, a weird aside in the game. Very weird, unnecessary potentially. <laughs> uh, strangely, Troy Aikman said that Richie Incognito does things as a guard that he hasn't seen since Larry Allen, his Cowboys teammate, that. Went to about 47 Pro Bowls and was elected to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, I mean, that, was, that's, that felt strong. A lot happening But tonight. at the same time, uh, whether or not you believe that Richie Incognito deserved another chance in the NFL, well, he got one, so you got to give it up again to the Mayock Rudin team because that was not a move that was greeted with any level of enthusiasm. And uh, I'll take Aikman's word from, uh, for it as a former uh, quarterback and a Hall of Famer himself that they have one of the best guards in the league in Incognito. Not bad. Big old DGAF by the Raiders. They don't care what anyone thinks or what anyone says. They're going to go do it their way. And so far, when it's working, it's working. And they look like champions tonight in terms of their decision-making. We'll see how it plays out. It is what it is, and it's not what it's not. I will say one thing. Kevin Harlan actually texted me. We're going to hear this interview. Really? Yeah, and the question there, too, that I asked him, he said, thank you for, the, for cutting through the haze and the fog of war to ask the true question. He referred to our interview as the fog of war? Well, just he said it, you know, it was a lot coming at him. And you, these guys that roll into interview with our, with our podcast, you suddenly have four males coming at you with their questions. He said, thank you for asking the question that mattered the most to me. Oh, that's I'm, cool. I, I asked, what was the question? I asked, too, so I don't 
don't know which one he was referring to, but it was one of the two. Well, that's exciting. Uh, so that is potentially made up too. But. If you were planning to, you know, click out of this podcast originally, now you got to stay in there uh, because Mark changed, just changed things. He changed the temperature of the entire industry with one question. I wouldn't normally bring that up, but I just thought it was it was relevant from an industry giant. It was the right thing to do. All right, so that's it. The ch- the Raiders. They're playing relevant football. The Chargers. Was this a dirt nap game? No, not at all. Because the char is as annoying as the Chargers can be with their missed kicks and all Super their business. Annoying. They're going to find a way to like two weeks from now. We're going to be hyping them up again and talking about how edgy and talented they are too. So edgy I am not. I'm not ready to bury them yet. No. No, nah, it's a bad loss though because they got the Chiefs next week who have their quarterback back. All right, so there you go. Now let's throw it. Uh, Mark and I, as well as Wes and Greg. Got a chance to speak with the great Kevin Harlan, who is uh, obviously one of our very favorite broadcasters uh, in the league. So enjoy that, and we will see you on Sunday night. Now a policeman, a state troopers come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. <laughs> but he didn't know where to go. Look, at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their life. Now it goes back on the field again. <laughs> and it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. <laughs> oh, there it is. The call of the year so far. And if someone's making the call of the year, you know it's got to be Kevin Harlan, one of our very favorite broadcasters in the game right now. Maybe our favorite. And we're so lucky because for the first time, he's joining us here on the Around the NFL podcast. Kevin, what's up? Well, thank you for your kind words. Great <laughs> to be on with you guys. Thank you very much. It's it's, it's uh, fun to join you in, in the aftermath of the uh, the Black Cat at, at, uh, at the stadium in the, in the Meadowlands. So <laughs> is, it, is it like... You hear when players, when there's a big play and they have a huge game and they're like, oh, yeah, I looked at my phone and it's just blowing up. I can't even, like, pick up my phone without the mentions piling up to the point where my battery is running out. Does that happen to you when you have a viral hit like you had uh, this week? Well, um, you know, it happened in the first half, and the game was a good game because the Giants were driving again and they had a lead over Dallas. And so, you know, you're so focused – especially in radio where you've just you've really got to keep your focus or you're going to get messed up with all the sub packages and substitutions on on both sides of the ball and and, and here was an important drive and they had just completed an important play to Evan Ingram their, their their young emerging tight end and the cat was standing at the 50 watching it then they stopped play and that's when we diverted our attention to the cat and watched its movements down so as it was it really was, and so it happened, and then and then I forget what the Giants did, but 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 you know the game's going on. It was in the first half, and I I never look at my phone unless I call my wife at halftime to say good night, and that's what I was doing. I was calling her, and I go, "What are all these texts on your?" Because I put my I put my phone I put my phone in the uh, in in my briefcase. So um, I called her, and 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 she said, "Hey, people are texting me about this cat call." I said, the cat call. Getting nervous. And, and then it just, from that point, and then I, I still put it away after the call with her because I thought, uh-oh, I'm either in trouble uh, or, or it's okay. And, and so you never know. And anyway, it, 
Don't be humble, by the way. Okay. Kevin, you're being too humble. The greatness, yeah. and we, we talked about it uh, on two, our Tuesday episode, was not just – it wasn't like you were calling the game and then you went to the cat. No, Harlan, he went full flex on the entire industry because you called two events at the same time. You called the Ingram play as it was developing, and you called the cat. When you threw the sponsor read in, you had to have, <laughs> that no, was you had to have like, known in the back of your head, this is magic. Oh, well, no, listen, Howard Denneroff is our, <laughs> was, was our producer, and he was giving me the card because the Giants at the other end were about ready to enter the CDW red zone. <laughs> CDW people you can count on. Cash that check. And, uh, so I had it right there, and then I'm looking at the cat, and the card is in my hand, and I get a nudge, and so I read the card, uh, <laughs> as, as it turned out. So we didn't want to miss a sponsor the company, all, man. regardless of who was scoring, the Cat or the Giants. It's been so good for the league. I think that, that you know we all have kids, and they absolutely loved watching this wild cat run around the field. Would you? It was good for you as well. Would you be an advocate of, saying the NFL introducing more uh, wild animals into <laughs> game situations? Maybe an angry deer, 200 mice or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can have the cats chase the mice, that might be good. You know, it's weird to have uh, an animal on the – this is actually my, my second animal and then third um, interruption of a game. When I was at ESPN back in the early 90s, a rabbit ran on the field. This is an Elvis Gerbach Michigan quarterback team against Purdue oh, wow. on Halloween in West Lafayette, Indiana. And I was working with Craig James um, and, and the, the – Rabbit was at midfield. They stopped play, and the rabbit ran right down the middle of the field <laughs> like a back and uh, and then cut like at the five, then into the end zone, and I called that. And then we had the drunk guy on the field in San Francisco a couple years ago. <laughs> yes, another animal. Game. That was another animal, exactly, not the kind you want to really – Wait, Kevin, can, uh, can you pause right there? Cause let's, let's listen to that's, – that's what really – like we've known you for years <laughs> as football fans and sports fans, but that's when you became a legend on this podcast. Let's listen to a little bit of that call. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop that man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. They're coming from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. That, <laughs> that is, that's performative, though, Kevin. And I, and and in the best way, you, you're you're sensing that moment, and just like what happened on Monday night, you're rising to that occasion, right? You sense it that you have you, that's something to have fun with there. Well, that guy ran right through the Rams slot receiver position, so it was like <laughs> he, he he ran right through the offense, through the defense. And the players just st- stood there and looked and did not move, and no security guys came out to chase him until the very end of his romp. So he was out there for a good minute plus, and the cat, <laughs> you know, had some staying power too. The cat the other night stayed on the field for a long time. And the fact that it went to the 50 as the play was going on, watching the play, then play had stopped, and they all looked at the cat, and then he retreated and went the other way. You know, made it for kind. Of, you know, when they're on there for a while, you've got something to kind of work with. And and I, you know, I, listen, I don't want to be known as the guy that calls you know animals and drunks on the field, but they've just kind of happened, and they both happened on radio. I should mention, you know, because radio is is all about you know being the eyes of the listener and describing what you see. And if I'm in the stands or watching on TV. 
what I see is a drunk or what I see <laughs> in this case was the black cat. They didn't show the drunk on TV, but they did show the cat. And if that's what we're all watching, then I felt, I guess, compelled to call it and, and did. And uh, I think, uh, listen, I think a lot of this was powered by a lot of animal lovers out there too, a lot of cat lovers and, and they enjoy their pet and they enjoyed <laughs> watching the cat. And hopefully there was nothing uh, malicious that happened to the cat. Once it left, and went they're still the looking and, for it. Yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Do you ever have telemarketers call you on the phone to try to sell you product X, Y, or Z and stop cold when they realize matching the name with the voice? Because even just listening to you, it's like I'm just tr- suddenly in game mode listening to you announce. <laughs> it it <laughs> must happen occasionally. Well, at airports, maybe sometimes it'll happen if I'm talking to a friend or at a restaurant with my family. Um, but that really is only it. You know, I, 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 um, they, they, they know my voice probably more than they know me because our stand-ups on CBS are very short and on TNT for the NBA, very short. And then a lot of them know me for the 2K NBA uh, video game. And then again, of course, that's a voice only too. So, so a little bit from that, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure how I, I it, there, there's a nice, uh, it's always nice to be, you know, somebody, hey, I know that voice or something like that. But it's uh, I, I do, when I'm not on, I just soon be a, a, a dad and a husband and just a just a regular guy. When when we're talking to you now, you're in your hotel room, you're preparing for your TNT basketball game. I don't know if you, you've noticed, Kevin, that Joe Buck every year now with Thursday Night Football and World Series, he gets a lot of pop from doing you know Huge World amount of Series pop. game after game, and then he's got Thursday night and Sunday night, and everyone's, wow, this is the hardest working guy in the business. But I, I know your schedule, and you've, you're doing NFL on Sundays, you're doing NFL radio on Mondays, then you're doing like Lakers Clippers on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and another NBA game on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes think like Buck is a little soft compared. A little bit. You, <laughs> like you deserve it. a little more pop. You could say, it, Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> well, only only because I worked with Joe at Fox for those four years and know him, uh, I, I would say uh, I, Joe's a tough guy. And like his dad, you know, his dad was a workhorse like this too. It's funny, you know, in this, you know, with Tom uh, Brenneman and Kenny Albert over at Fox and and Joe, uh, all, all three of their dads were in the business. My dad was in pro football for 37 years at the Packers and, hmm. and, um, and ran the team for 21 of those years. And I, you know, grew up in, in, in that environment and pro football and, and know what, you know, what, what kind of an endless clock it is and, and where there really is no beginning or end of the season. It's like just one continuous season. And, and maybe some of that is carried over to broadcasting. I don't know that any of the four of us would say that we purposefully, try to work as many events i i guess it's more to for me and i I'm, i'll speak for them it's that we all kind of love the business so much we love the business now if it ever gets in the way of our families then it becomes another story luckily uh you know we all four probably married the right gal who could you know put up with the schedule and and if we're lucky enough been able to take you know family and our wives with us when we go to these games and for instance, at the Super Bowl, when I do the Super Bowl, I, I always we always bring in. We have four kids, and we, we bring them all in with their spouses, and now a, a grandchild, and hmm. fly them to the Super Bowl and have a kind of a celebration and, and more of a thank you for putting up with a, hmm. kind of a a, a a tough schedule for the fall. But they've Smart all grown move. up in it, and, and, and my kids. We have three girls and a boy, but my girls who all 
were cheerleaders in high school. You know, I always made it a point to be there on Friday nights and never missed a game. Our, we have our, our son is our baby and, and never missed any of his games. So I'd like to think that they never thought, yeah, dad was busy, but dad never missed any of the important events. And I think they'd all say that. So I do feel kind of good about that. And, all right, Kevin, and, you're a better dad than us. Way to go. <laughs> you nailed it. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> that's No, that's amazing. When uh, when I get a Tony Romo game, I like to get out a bottle of wine and just enjoy the show. And, you know, we're big fans of John Madden. But with your dad being in football and your fandom probably going back a long time, is there a play-by-play guy who's a personal favorite of yours, either from the olden days or even now? Well, I, I, I was attracted to voices first. And, and really, when I was a kid, um, when I was about eight, nine years old, I remember it distinctly because – um, when I heard the voice, I automatically started paying attention to pro football, and the voice was John Facenda. Mm. Oh yeah, and yes. I, I just, I just, I, I had voice heard of his God. voice, yes, mm. and heard his voice narrate um, uh, a highlight show, and have always been kind of that in the back of my mind. I always hear Facenda's voice. In fact, before <laughs> I leave my hotel room on Sunday mornings for the stadium for my CBS game on Sunday afternoon, I always, on my phone, uh, I've, I've got a clip of him uh, saying that uh, uh, the, the, the Raiders poem, the, the autumn wind, the autumn is, wind a is a Raider. And, and it's not necessarily to get me thinking voice, it's me to be in the moment of how lucky I am to be doing the NFL. And I think of his voice and I think about where it all began for me and here I am in my late 50s, and as an eight-year-old, I remember distinctly hearing his voice in NFL films, and, and it just kind of it kind of sets me on, points my compass in the right direction when I hear his voice. I've always done that, and I hope I do it to the, my last broadcast in the NFL, and this is my 35th year doing it. But uh, and and I but but voices, Summerall, Jim Simpson, Crookie, you know, those are the oh, voices. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ray Scott. You know, I guess those voices are the ones I remember the most in my mind when I think about what I want my voice to sound like. It doesn't sound like any of theirs, unfortunately. You're kind of you're kind of given what you're given, or and and so. But that in my mind, that's the voice. Those are the voices I hear, and I that brings a smile to my face, especially Facenda, who uh, I dealt with briefly when I was in college. I used to produce. Uh, the Chiefs radio network pregame show when I was like a sophomore, junior, and and senior in college at the University of Kansas. And I called NFL Films one day, and just on a whim, you know, this is like back in the late 70s, early 80s, and I called NFL Films, and I asked if I could talk to John Facenda. (laughs) And I said, just a moment, and I I talked to him. And I asked Mr. Facenda, would you mind if you, if I sent you some copy and would you mind taping the open to this radio network uh, show that we do three hours before the Chiefs game? Bold move, and Kevin. He said, and he said, send me something and I'll be happy to do it. So I sent him something. And about two weeks later, I get this reel-to-reel uh, thing back. And, um, um, and, and I stick it on the machine and I, I thread it in and I hit play. And here is John Facenda saying, you're listening to Chiefs Sunday on KCMO Radio and the Chiefs Radio Network. Love it. And, and wow. but on there, but on there, there was a moment where he wanted to change a, a portion of the copy, and he changed it and read it the way he wanted it to be. And he goes, "Ah, 
Now that's a horse that I can ride. <laughs> and I, I, just, I, just, I just love that. And I, and I just I think about him and I think about the voice and I think about how kind he was to me as a young aspiring broadcaster. So I play his I play his clip of that Raider poem every time before I leave my uh, my room on Sunday. Wow, that's awesome, Kevin. I mean, you've you've had an incredible career and you got a, a lot more to go. In fact, you've called nine consecutive Super Bowls for Westwood One. You're only trailing Jack Buck actually, who's at 17, so we hope you actually break that record and we get to hear you for years to come across all the sports spectrum. So thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll continue to enjoy your calls. Not just the drunk animals and the other animals, (laughs) but also uh, the smooth, prepared way in which you approach uh, all the sports you cover. Thank you, Well, thank you. You know, I would love a drunk animal to get out there. We can provide that. Wes, get to work. Done it before. I promise you, I I will have a call ready for a drunk animal that will break all records. Awesome. And why don't we why don't we play out uh, today's episode with the autumn wind as we say goodbye to the great oh. Kevin Harlan. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Kevin. Thank you. Bye-bye. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea with a rollicking song he sweeps along swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.